Hi guys, welcome back to this week's Legally Crimed. We hope you're all keeping well and getting through this January the best we all can. It feels like a never-ending month. I know, I can't believe we're only like two weeks in, aren't we? Yeah, we're, well, yeah, It's yes. only been two weeks, it feels like it's been so much longer than that. I feel that 2021 has been a lifetime already, like... Well, I mean, so much, so much has already happened in this short time period. Before this, me and Joanna just, like, had, like, a wee catch-up, like, have a 2021, like, everything that's happened. Everything that's happened so far. I mean, it took us a while, because there's just been so much going on. So how has your week been, Joe? I mean, it's not been too bad. We started back um, Zoom University this week, didn't we, Megan? We did, we did. Can't you just tell how excited we are about it in our voices? Honestly, I'm so over it. Like, I honestly, over Christmas, I genuinely totally forgot that I had to go back to uni. It only hit me, like, not that long ago, and I was like, I have a whole other semester to do. Please, no, not this again. Every day I wake up thinking that I'm missing something. Because like, see, mm-hmm. it's in Zoom, you just easily could like miss a seminar. I know I could just I could just forget that it's that it's a thing because you're not you're not getting up and going and you know going into the campus or whatever. It's just like migrating from my bed to, to my desk for the Zoom. That commute, <laughs> that really difficult. I know we had to do in like one of my classes, like uh, like good things about like COVID. I don't know why this was a thing, but like what is it? Oh my god, is this like when everyone goes around the class and has to say like a fun fact? Is this like an oh, icebreaker thing? Thank God it, it was actually it's called like merit. It's like you type it in that comes up on the screen. It's a wee bit like to hurt. Oh. So it was we uh, like it came off and it was like right, right one good thing about lockdown. I literally was like uh I sleep more. <laughs> <laughs> literally me. <laughs> but I had nothing else to say. I was like yeah, I, I sleep a wee bit more, which I think I is actually have... a lie. So I know, literally, I don't have to go outside as much. <laughs> Some people were like so sinister, they were like, nothing. And other people were like, I love it. I was like, there's such a variety oh of people in this class. <laughs> <laughs> the diverse range. But yeah. What about you? What's, what's been happening with your week? My week's pretty much the same, to be honest. Just been getting back and see, actually having to focus like my attention span is horrific it's on... so bad for me oh my gosh like I feel our two hour zoom class I can't like sitting there actually having like sometimes I was in a class the other day and he was like that the screen obviously came up like blank and it was because we we're going into breakout rooms and I genuinely was like oh my god I wasn't listening <laughs> no I was like we're going to really not even... when you're going into a breakout room you need to pay attention I know because I think on Zoom I don't know about any of you guys that are doing like Zoom uni or Zoom school or whatever we have to put our cameras on and like honestly only a law school thing I'm not even being funny. Do you think so? Because I know because a lot of my other friends that like doing other courses don't have to put their cameras on but we always have to and I genuinely always forget because when you have your camera on you kind of have to like you have to look like you're paying attention because everyone can see you it's not like when you're in class like you're all looking forward like you're all looking at the board or at the teacher or whatever so you don't really see the people around you, but in Zoom, like you can see everyone on the screen and you're all like staring at each other. <laughs> I'm just gonna know about like completely off in space, like not even paying attention. I always Joanna will like put you on my screen. I like, love it when you're on my screen. I don't like it when if there's cause sometimes there's two pages because there's too many people. Mm-hmm. So there's two pages of people, like of the little squares. And if you're not on my first page, I get really upset. Yeah, because like, in criminal, you were on my second page and I was really sad about it. Like I'd have to like flip yeah. through. Just to see you every now and then, like, oh, there she is. I'm like, oh, there she is, staring at his face. <laughs> I know, there she is. Oh, yeah, not even present. 
my uh, other, I wouldn't even call it a highlight of the week, right? Just like another thing of 2021, which me and Joe were also discussing. It's ruined my week. Also, not being funny, <laughs> is the army hammer thing. Guys, I don't even know where to begin, okay? I can't even explain, like, if you have not seen any of this, this is like the Jeffree Star thing all over again. Please get yourself on Twitter. Okay, go on to Twitter right now and just type in Army Hammer and just have a wee gander, okay? Because I don't even know what to say anymore. I gave Megan a little roundup of 2021 just before we started this, and I think I'm going to do the same for you guys. So it's already <laughs> We're only 16 days in, okay? And this is what this is what we've had so far. So on New Year's Day, I get rejected from a job, okay? I'm not laughing at job. It's the way you go about things. I got rejected from a job on New Year's Day, really starting the year off strong. Two hours later, Harry Styles releases the Treat People With Kindness music video. I'm like, okay, things are looking up here. Great music video. Love him. Whatever. Things are looking up. Then, Kimye divorced. I'm like, okay, that's quite sad. Literally, minutes later, it's apparently because Kanye's been having an affair with Jeffree Star. That was really not the, the road I was expecting that to go down. That was quite the curveball that that threw at me. Now, apparently, Azalea Banks boils her cat and then to top it all off, Army Hammer is a cannibal. We've also had people storm in the Capitol building in the US. I just don't, I don't know where to go from here. It's really, I'm, it's completely, all bets are off now. I don't even know. I don't know where to go. I have nothing to say. That is all I can do. <laughs> like, every time I open Twitter, there is something else. Like There's something else that's happened that I just can't, like, the, the tweets and the memes from this Army Hammer thing literally had me rolling on the floor. <laughs> they are so funny. I mean, I, 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 I mean, maybe we shouldn't even be laughing because it's, like, it's quite a serious issue. If it's if it's true, I, I mean, it, surely it's not actually true though, right? Well, I feel like all I've read, and this was in the Daily Mail, so obviously take this for a pinch of salt, <laughs> he is denying the allegations, but not being funny, if I text someone saying that I want to keep your toes in my pocket... You can bet to God that I'm denying that if that fucking thing. <laughs> Honestly, I just, I can't even, like, all the things that people say, and, like, imagine Army Hammer's management having to, like, phone him up and being like, um, Army. Okay, you don't, you don't actually eat people, do you? <laughs> like, I can, I know this is so funny, right, but I can't think, like, about like, him if he shall be, because obviously they're your best mates. Yeah. And I was like, Imagine just he gets up in the morning, he's having his coffee, right? And like he's on Twitter for a little morning scroll and then sees this. Like imagine Joe actually like when it was one of us, like I woke up and I found out you've been pure munching toys, like <laughs> Wait, oh my god. Like I actually wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be like, that text her <laughs> Exactly. I'd be like, uh, Megan, is everything okay? I'd be like, have you seen this? Are you still seeing me? <laughs> oh so um yeah that's the that's all that's happened in the short space of two weeks of 2021 we're already all over the place hope you guys are still we guys are still there keeping up yeah guys hope i'm just doing well i feel like all these episodes for 2021 i bet you'll just be like us adding new things that have happened we'll get to the end of 2021 and i'll i'll do that whole recap of the whole year remember like when you did everyone anyone ever do those things and like I don't know in like drama class or whatever and you'd have to like you would start a story and someone would add on you'd sit in a circle and someone would add on to the oh story every God, yeah. you'd have to like remember what everyone said until it got to the end I'm going to do that for 2021 see on like our last episode of 2021 I'll be like that so the yearly roundup I get rejected from a job on New Year's Day it's like every week there's something new 
<laughs> and I'll just add on things every single time. <laughs> oh, wow. I look forward to that, Joanna. I do. I'm excited. I mean, the bar's already been set pre- pretty high by 2021, so I hope she's got some more exciting things coming. For me, the Jeffree Star thing was the one that set it high. I mean, yeah, that was, we started off with a bang there with that one. We started off with a bang. She was like, I'm not playing around. This is how it's going to go. <laughs> so this week, we are doing our first two-parter. So this episode is the first half uh, where we're going to be focusing on the murder of Heyman Lee and the controversial trial of Adnan Syed. She attended Woodlawn High School in Baltimore and was regarded as an extremely intelligent and friendly girl. On January 13th, 1999, Hay was due to pick up her younger cousin from elementary school, but she failed to do so. This raised alarm bells with her family as it was very unlike her. Many people didn't seem to take Lee's disappearance serious at first. School had been cancelled on January the 14th and 15th because of an ice storm. And then the weekend came. And then the following Monday was Martin Luther King Day. So the kids weren't all at school again till Tuesday. Our friends actually thought that she'd ran off with a man called Don, who we'll come to discuss later. And that was a guy who allegedly she'd been seeing, who worked at Lenscraft. I think it's actually called, sorry, Lenscrafters with her. Or on a hunt for her dad in California. These were kind of like... What's that called when it's not set in stone? Like kind of through the grapevine things that people, why people went on to say to think that they didn't take it seriously when she first didn't text them or anything? Yeah, like she just kind of, they just assumed that maybe she'd gone off with her, the guy she was seeing or was like away looking for her dad. But no one had like, it wasn't like a concrete thing. People just kind of, yeah, like assumed that, I guess. However, our family and other members of the community, as well as the police, searched for Hay, but with little success. And tragically, a month later on February 9th, Hay's body was found in Baltimore's Leakin Park by someone uh, passing by, and it was partially buried in a shallow grave. Shortly after this, the police publicly announced that they were investigating her death as a homicide. And it's just like a wee side note, but I thought it was really, really sad uh, when I was just like reading through the research that supposedly she was actually meant to leave for France the day that the authorities confirmed that her body had been discovered. That's really sad. Yeah, it was just, it was a wee thing, I was just reading it, but I just thought it was really, really sad, because obviously it shows how how young and she was and how like, she had plans and things. Yeah. Now, it is debated whether this was before or after Hayes' body was found, but Baltimore City Police received an anonymous phone call advising them to investigate his ex-boyfriend, Adnan Syed, for the murder. Adnan and Hay had dated previously and they only broke up a few months before Hay's death. This, allegedly, was because Hay had started to fancy one of her co-workers at Lenscrafters, where she worked, and that they had begun some sort of relationship. Now, this isn't us like being nosy or trying to, you know, like, you know, uncover a load of our private life, but it is important to know this for what happens later on. It is also important to note that their relationship was a secret due to Adnan's strict religious background. I guess it's just kind of, it just kind of gives you the sense that like there was kind of high stakes, if you could even say that, with their relationship. Like it was supposed to be a secret and there was some sort of 
maybe there's still some sort of hard feelings if she you know had maybe left him for someone else like it just wasn't a completely like smooth sailing happy parting type of thing yeah I think there's obviously like kind of different versions of how it ended but supposedly it wasn't like a completely like mutual ending it was much yeah there was like conflicting reports but most of them kind of did emphasize the fact that it didn't end mutually like it was definitely he that like decided she didn't want to be in the relationship anymore and the police had little to no other leads he was described by our high school principal as a quiet and popular girl she was a very warm person liked by all of the students so there was like no obvious like obvious motives as to why any individuals would want to have harm her originally the authorities had toyed with a possible connection between the murder of hay and the body of an- another 18 year old woodlawn girl jada danita lambert who'd been found strangled in the wilderness the year before however like this kind of connection was dismissed really quickly due to a lack of evidence there were no obvious signs of trauma to Hay's body. However, signs of strangulation soon became apparent. On February the 28th, Adnan was arrested by Baltimore police in the early hours of the morning and was charged with first-degree murder as an adult, even though he was only 17 at the time. The arrest came after police had subpoenaed Adnan's cell phone records and questioned two people from his call log. Jay Wilds and Jennifer Pusateri. Adnan Said was also a well-liked member of the community. He was on the track team, the honours role, like all your kind of like golden boy things. So when he was arrested for the murder of Hay, everyone was really taken aback. This also was one of the first cases they were able to use phone records to pinpoint people's location, which was crucial information that allowed the police to arrest Said. However, as we will discuss later on, it's only outgoing calls that are reliable for location status and not incoming calls. And this is like a well-established thing within phone location usage, I believe. But for some reason, this was ignored when gathering evidence. Police also questioned Adnan's friends, Jay Wilds and Jennifer Pusateri. So Wilde's story goes that Wilde's dropped Adnan off at school and Adnan was referring to Hay as a, quote, bitch and just appeared very angry. Later that day, he allegedly phoned Wilde's from a payphone outside of Best Buy, which is kind of, is that kind of like a B&Q or like a, is it like a, I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's like a hard, like a hardwood store. Yeah, um, I don't know, anyone can enlighten us on that. Um. So allegedly, he uses a payphone to phone Wilds at this Best Buy and said, quote, the bitch is dead. Now, as highlighted in the podcast serial, which if you guys haven't heard of that, it's um, it's a podcast by, um, oh, what's her name? I've literally looked at her name a million times doing this research. It's Sarah something, Sarah. Sarah um, Koenig. That's yeah. Me. Uh-huh. I'm Sorry. probably I don't think I'd pronounce it right, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so she does um this podcast called Serial and the first season, I think it's the first season, is about this case, and it's like eight or ten episodes um yeah. just about this case. So there's so much in it, guys. Like there's she she goes into so much detail and highly recommend um you guys looking at it because it covers this in really, really uh, good depth. 
Um, so this podcast highlighted that Wiles told police that he had helped Adnan bury Hay's body and hide her car, while Jennifer said that Wiles had also confessed this to her. So Wiles changed his story about where he'd seen the body quite a few times. One point he said like he'd helped, and then at one point he'd only ever seen Hay's body outside of Best Buy. It was then at a mutual friend Kathy's house and then really randomly said that Adnan had showed him at his grandmother's house. Additionally, the interviews with Wild had like multiple lengthy pauses in them and a lot of people noted like an odd tapping sound at several points, like see when he was like recounting something. And a lot of people suggested that it suggests coercion it's during these taps that Wilde seems to remember a key detail or correct one of his statements, or he's even heard to apologise to those in the room. Susan Simpson, who was an associate at a Washington DC law firm, and she participated in the serial podcast, said that there used to be like a tap tap and then Jay would say, oh, okay. And suddenly a moment later, he would know the answer. It sounds like he's kind of forgotten what he was meant to say and he's been directed to a certain answer. So these, you can go listen to these interviews. They're really interesting. I think Serial is the only podcast that has the interviews. I don't know if it's like a rights thing or... But I've not really been able to find them anywhere else but there. And a lot of them are cut shorter, so it's quite hard to get the information. But you can hear the tapping. Like, it is quite obvious that someone's kind of directing them. That's really, like, I don't even know, because that, that's really interesting to me. Like, yeah, it's as, as if his, he hears that tap and then he's like, it's almost as if he hears the tap and then he's like, oh, something's going to happen. That means something's going to happen if I don't, you know, say something. So it, like, reminds him to say, yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's really strange. Because I've, I've not, I don't know if I've heard much about that being used in other cases. I've never really heard that before. It was the first time reading this that I'd heard of that whole tapping thing because it would make sense. It just it sounds to me like, you know, trying to break someone down and get them to... Yeah, you're coercing them to do things that you want them to do by, you know, these little gestures. Adnan's family initially hired defence attorney Maria Cristina Gutierrez to represent him, but this didn't last long. Jurors overheard the judge call Gutierrez a, quote, liar during a verbal dispute at his bench. So on December 15th, after only three days of the trial, a mistrial had to be declared. A mistrial in blatant terms is, quote, a trial that cannot be completed or whose result has no value, usually because a legal mistake has been made. So, for example, the judge declared a mistrial because newspapers printed a juror's name or a case was covered substantially in the media and this has impacted jurors' views. Yeah, like, I find it pure interesting how this was declared a mistrial because of that. Like, obviously it should be. There's a clear bias. But it wasn't like that. Like, in the O.J. Simpson trial, they were kept in a hotel. Like, sequestration is the terminology for it, but that's when a jury is kept away from the public. It's usually, like, in a hotel or somewhere kind of far from any media basis but that must be how different it is because the OJ it was all over the media and like all the things that went wrong in that and still that OJ was, was like 
It was on TV, like they filmed it, didn't they? Yeah, they did because she does the thing of Rob Kardashian when he gets. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah, oh that's like a really famous clip of him when he gets yeah. when OJ um, is found not guilty, and there's like a really famous like clip of Rod Kardashian being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they literally you can see it. Like, there's pictures of clips of like literal like viewing parties to watch this trial. Like, so many people gathered around these TVs, and even it was getting like broadcast on like massive screens and stuff for people to watch it. And like, so much was getting printed about it, and even about the lawyers. Like, there was stuff getting printed about. You know that Marsha, was her name? Is it Marsha Clark or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Um. So there was a lot like about that case. So obviously that wasn't declared a mistrial. But this, I'm not trying to say this is like a really insignificant thing. I mean, calling someone a liar, especially in a court of law, is quite serious. But yeah, I just guess I just thought that was really interesting. I think I thought because like obviously this is something you think only happens really like on telly, like a new girl when like Jess has to go off and stay in the hotel. Yeah. But it happened. I think two years ago with the Bill Cosby case yeah obviously because right. that was so high profile and there was so it was what I think that was like one of the big first like sexual history evidence kind of cases yeah but yeah I just thought that was really interesting so the second trial then began shortly after with lawyer Charles H. Dorsey III representing Adnan during the trial Adnan repeated what he'd been what he had told to the police he and Lee had dated back in 1998 and they'd had to keep their relationship a secret. He did admit to being hurt when he found out that Lee was starting to see a man from her work, but that he could never ever have killed her over this. The proceedings lasted for over six weeks, with much of the evidence focusing on the phone records and the entirely circumstantial connections. Rubia Chowdhury, who is a childhood friend of Adnan's, She's also a lawyer that's, I think she's worked on the case, uh, well, Adnan's case, and she also is a co-host of a podcast called Undisclosed, who, if covered this as well, said that Adnan's trial was flawed because of how blinded the police and prosecutors were by his Muslim heritage. She stated that they weren't able to find evidence that Adnan was a violent boyfriend or that he had a history of being abusive. So they had to plug in his religion as a substitute. They had to demonise an entire community by arguing that because Adnan was Muslim, he had the potential to do this. Yeah, this is kind of like these early signs of the kind of um, racism and Islamophobia that is kind of peppered throughout this case. Because like, yeah, if they can't find evidence of him being violent or being like, a, you know, the scorned ex-lover or whatever, out for revenge, they're using his like, by saying, oh, because he's Muslim, that means he has the capacity, you know, to do something like this. Yeah, it was, like, one of the main things they focused on in the trial was that the, because he had the ability to lie to his mum and dad about the relationship with he, it meant that he could kill her. And I was like, how is that? How is that on the same level? Like, come on. I mean, I was like, we've all lied to our mum and dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've told them you're somewhere not else me, and you're mom. not. I know you're listening, Mum. Not me. Joe's like that. Promise me, never. Me staring at Megan right now, like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your eyes getting wider. <laughs> like, stop talking. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, me, bless. Love you. She's a big fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, come on. We've, even if just lying to anyone, we've all done it. We all say those little white lies, little. Sorry, I had to. Do... <laughs> We're the one D stands. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but yeah like we all say the little those, we all lie like it, it happens how does that make you how can you go from liar to murderer that's not there's not a bridge there connecting those two it's quite the jump and bear in mind he was a 17 year old boy exactly like, like he's a teenager lying age do you know what i mean <laughs> do you know what makes me sick i still fully identify with like i if you t- you just say there he's 17 years old i'm like that's my age it's fucking not i'm 21 do what Joe, I was in a call. This is so off topic, but for my wee sister's 18th, and I was like the third oldest person on the call. Oh. And I was, and that's including my brother and his girlfriend. Oh, God. <laughs> You're obviously like so much older. I know. It's like, I see like, you know, people starting uni and stuff, and like, I'm about to finish uni. And you know, I just still feel like I'm that age of like being a teenager and I'm like no I'm actually going I'm, I'm about to graduate uni I'm about- she's a child at heart I, I, I can't I'm not okay I was like my I was talking to my brother the other night and he um he was saying like my mum had said something about oh when my mum and dad retire you know and they you know they have more time blah blah, blah and then by then me and my brother might have kids I was like <gasps> what and but this was my mum was like oh yeah we've only got about eight years left of working and then by then you <laughs> you and your sister might have kids I was like <laughs> No, I'm still like 16. <laughs> like I'm still a child, please. Actually, how is that? How is that on my timeline? <laughs> no That's Maeve telling you, hurry up. She's like, time's ticking. Come on, get your life in order, John. <laughs> time's ticking. The prosecutors relied heavily on Jay Wilde's testimony, which had been backed up by Jennifer. Physical evidence gathered in 1999 from Hay was never tested for Syed's DNA. And I mean, this was in 1999, so it is like the DNA evidence kind of, what you know, technology is completely different from what we would have now. But still, essentially, there was little to no physical evidence tying Adnan to the crime at all. However, there was one piece of evidence. Adnan's fingerprint well, it was actually a palm print, was on a map on the back seat of Hay's car. So Serial, the podcast, described it as one of those maps that you get like from you know, a gas station, a petrol station. One page had been ripped out from the map and it was the page that showed Leakin Park. Well, it basically showed like the full neighbourhood where um, Adnan and Hay would drive around together. Also, 13 other unidentified prints turned up on the map. So even though this was emphasised in court, it's still pretty circumstantial. Like, he has a map of the neighbourhood in the backseat of his car. doesn't really... I mean, yeah, okay, it's a bit like it showed the park where her body was buried. But I mean, they could have gone to that park all the time. Like, you know, it's your, like, neighbourhood park. Like, you you know, you're probably going to go there quite a lot or... You know, and it's like obviously people have maps. I think to us right now, maybe a bit weird that like you have a, an actual hard copy of a map in your car because we have like GPS and all that mm-hmm. now. But you know, it's not I, that's not a completely un you know unheard of thing to have a map in the, in your car. And obviously, his like fingerprints are going to be on it if they've used. I mean, yeah, it's in her car, but I mean, they used to drive around that area together. So yeah, like, I don't it's think it's odd that has yeah, exactly. fingerprints and like would be on it and. Like it says, you don't actually know how long fingerprints can last for. Yeah, so this, to me, this just doesn't show anything at all. Additionally, the court discussed how the night before Hay disappeared, 
Adnan had called her house three times and only spoke on the third call, apparently to give her his new number. However, after Hayes' disappearance, it, it appeared that he had never tried to contact her, which is odd considering they were meant to be close friends, even though after they broke up. I don't really know what to make of this, though, because I don't know. Like, why would he phone them three times only to speak on the third call unless they didn't? I don't, I don't know. That confuses me a little bit. Yeah, and then, I think that's quite... Is that a little bit iffy? Yeah, and then to say that they were meant to be close friends, I don't know how... I, I don't know how much I believe that because he was a bit like upset. He was hurt that that they weren't together anymore. So I don't know. Is that thing like can you ever be friends with an ex? Oh, it's a tale as old as time, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Who am I to say? Like I've been single my whole fucking life. So. <laughs> <laughs> Your love life on the podcast. I know that we can we can start up a new segment. Joanna's love life. Um, it's like uh, that rush and it will actually just be it'll be silence for the whole time because nothing happens silence it'll just be welcome to this week's episode this week's installment of joanna's love life and then just that's it for this week guys (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) i can't wait for next week to give you the same update just harry styles and nothing else Literally, he just that man lives rent free in my brain. He's he's just constantly there. Full 40 minute podcast, just about Harry's Tales. Harry's Tales. So, the prosecution really honed in on the fact that Adnan never contacted her after she went missing. They said that that was like a clear kind of motive into the fact that he knew that she was already dead. But Adnan justified this by saying that he actually got information about like the search for Hay off her best friend Aisha, who was in constant contact with Hay's family. He also argued that he didn't know if he paged her since she'd been missing, that he wasn't sure, which a lot of like people and like psychologists and that have put down to stress. Because obviously he was being questioned so many times about it. He was like, I don't remember what I've done, like I've already said to you. And to be honest, like, it was 1999. Like, I think that's something so important to remember about this case. It's not like now where if I want to get a hold of someone, I can just phone them, FaceTime them. Like, there's so many modes of contact. And 1999, were mobile phones a thing? I don't even know if they were because... Oh, no, well, my mum told me that she got her first... She got her first mobile phone when she was 30. Oh. So they probably were just kind of coming about at this time. Um, unless Maeve was really late to the curve, I don't know, and then she was like one of the last people to get a mobile phone. But I think I think they weren't probably wasn't like as now when people get a mobile phone and they're like ten years old. Um but yeah, I mean it's nineteen ninety nine and even if they were uh, like a standard thing in nineteen ninety nine, like I still don't people it's just a different culture than now. You'd expect it to be like and at arm's reach with you know, from someone at any time. Like, but I think back in the day, like back in the day as if I was I was like born in 1999 and I'm like back in the day um, the 90s kid <laughs> I miss the 90s um but yeah I just think it was a different culture then like you weren't constantly in contact with someone it wasn't as if like someone if someone didn't reply to you in five minutes then you were getting all stressed like it was just a a different time so I don't think it would be weird to not contact people constantly yes it may be a wee bit weird if she is if this person is missing but you also maybe like 
I don't know. Everyone deals with things differently. I'm very much someone if like if something stressful happens or upsetting, I'm like run away from it, shut it down, don't think about it, put it in that's a box. Such a mood, yeah. Yeah. Lock it away. So like maybe if that if he's similar, maybe that was his way of dealing with it. Like don't think about it, run away from it, you know, shut yourself off from that. And that's why he wasn't trying to contact her. And also maybe he just wanted to give like the family some space and just not be you know constantly like what's going on what's going on you know I don't I don't think it's all that strange that maybe he didn't contact her yeah I I genuinely am not just saying this I don't think it's that weird like I think now it would be a bit odd not to be phoning because if I hadn't heard from someone in a couple of days I maybe would be like oh especially like if they'd gone missing then I'd be constantly phoning texting being like where are you but yeah. back in 1999, it was so, so different. And I think, I mean, obviously they, a lot of people at first, when she first went missing, people thought that she had just gone away, like with, a, you know, the guy she was seeing or with, to find her dad or whatever. So like, they didn't think she was missing. I don't, so again, maybe they just thought, well, we'll just leave her to it. Like she's, you know, if she, if you were going away with a guy, like maybe you'd want to give them some space. I don't know. But also like he is the ex-boyfriend, like it is a bit awkward. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think, even if they were kind of friendly, I don't think it, it would be kind of normal for an, an ex-boyfriend to be constantly contacting someone. Like, he wanted maybe to get some space, and if he knows well that Aisha was in constant contact with our family, I can totally understand how he, they would just, he would get his information through her. Yeah, and it might have been really upsetting to, like, be constantly trying to phone her or text her or get a hold of her, to, like, only be like to get nothing back that would probably if you're you know if you're worried about someone you know if you went missing and then I wasn't hearing from you it would be really upsetting every time I phoned you to like for you know to you not answer and to hear that like the voicemail every single time yeah. so you know maybe you'd want to just like well if, if there's any updates I can get it from someone else who's probably going to be a kind of semi-reliable source anyway exactly you know? they were in school every single day when she was missing so it's not as if they weren't constantly talking about it exactly like that would have been all this the talk in the school the whole time so yeah I really don't think it's that strange that he wasn't trying to contact her when she was missing. Another important piece of evidence was that a girl who was only ever identified as Laura said that the neighborhood boy which is really weird this is also how she referred to this guy I don't know if his name actually was ever revealed but had seen the body and had been shown it by Adnan this was seen as like a really important piece of information because that would then have meant there was another person to corroborate the story but this was later disproved then this neighborhood man then stated that the only dead body i've ever seen was on the tv god's honest truth except for my great-grandmother she died when i was like nine that was quite random i don't really know if we needed to give like, the full i've never seen a dead body like it's just been like that's not true but okay yeah some people like that, <laughs> each to their own. He, the neighbourhood man as well, said he wasn't really that friendly with Adnan, but he was friends with Jay Wilds, who gave the original statement and said that they basically their hobbies were that they smoked weed together. The authority suggested that maybe Jay told him this story and he kind of appropriated it and told the neighbourhood girl to like freak it out. And he replied saying, like, no way, I wouldn't kid around about something like that. So 
that was bit of evidence was like totally disproven and it's never really known why this Laura girl ever really said that it doesn't come up much again I mean I guess it's kind of like this stuff happens in, in big kind of high profile cases and you know people want to be involved so they maybe just make up stuff and just to get just to be a part of it and to get yeah, that kind yeah, of just like get attention yeah so I mean maybe and again these these are kids like they're literally teenagers like this is the most exciting that it's obviously it's not exciting because it's like someone died but this is the most like wild thing that's probably going to like have ever happened to them you know they're teenagers how are you going to deal with that like they're going to do like stupid stuff so like I don't think it's that wild because grown adults do this like when something happens like a case happens and they'll yeah this isn't uncommon to happen like to people to lie to get in about it Obviously, it's a really serious thing to lie about, um, but I know I don't. I mean, it's it's not helpful because it's a bit of a waste of time. That this whole thing that people trying to go down this road and then it's just ended up being completely disproven. But it's not like a completely unheard of thing for someone to to lie about just to get involved, really. Adnan's lawyer said that he was pretty clueless. Like he didn't realize that he was and you know under so much suspicion he was just trying to help the police in the investigation you know which I think again it just shows how young he is like he probably had no idea like when he was getting questioned or when he was given the police information that they were actually really trying to hone in on him as a suspect he just thought he was being cooperative he also emphasized the lack of physical evidence and the hammering of Adnan by the prosecution again I think this is just one of those cases of like the police and the prosecution like pointed him out and thought we're getting him for this and just really like tried to in any way that they could try and find to get him guilty of this crime and again it's just so sad like he was so young I don't know what you guys think of this you know so far if he did do it if he didn't do it but it just seems like it's a very kind of unfair system like they had no evidence it was all circumstantial and even that the circumstantial evidence wasn't even like that concrete like obviously circumstantial evidence isn't really concrete anyway but like we talked about it was it um in last week's episode um about the kind of de- what circumstantial circumstantial evidence is and you know the example we gave was you know if you saw someone running from the murder scene with the murder weapon you'd think okay you didn't see him like stabbing up the victim or shooting the person but you can put two and two together that sounds that looks like he's he's done it this isn't even as strong as that like some fingerprints on a map he lied about the relationship he had with the victim like that really does not point to murder to me at all not on the level as you know is enough to get him convicted so yeah I just think it's, it was the whole thing was just really unfair to him yeah I totally agree I think they picked him and I totally think like him being Muslim was a factor and they just needed, like, obviously this girl, this, like, teenage girl went missing. She's died in the community. It's horrible. And the police are under a lot of pressure to find someone who's done it. And I just think Adnan was there. And he was an ex-boyfriend, like, the whole scorn lover argument that they were just like, yep, yeah, it's him. Defence attorney Kevin Urich said, there is nothing here to excuse or explain. So he's basically saying, like, we don't even need to have excuses for, you know, the little evidence that they did have or to explain Adnan's actions around the whole disappearance and the murder because they've, they've just not, they've got nothing. There's not enough evidence uh, against him, um, which I think is a kind of good point. Like, he shouldn't really have to explain why 
you know, there was a map in the backseat of his car. I mean, there is other things like saying like the phone call, according to Wilds, being like the bitch is dead. I, you know, I would maybe explain that, but he does have a point. There's not that much against him at all, and they shouldn't really have to explain like, oh yeah, because I kept my relationship a secret, that doesn't mean that I'm a murderer. Yeah, I just I think that's quite a key point to make that he was just ba- say, basically saying like. There was no evidence really to argue against. Everything the prosecution brought up was just so circumstantial. But despite the circumstantial evidence, the jurors only debated for just over two hours. Adnan Syed, on February the 25th, 2000, at the age of 19, was found guilty and, and sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years. The end of the trial saw Lee's mother, Yunwa Kim, deliver a distraught testimony through an interpreter. She explained her hardships in immigrating from Korea were necessary to provide her family with a better life and to give her children a decent education and a decent future. She went on to say that she would like to forgive Adnan Said, but as for now, I just don't know how I could. She then went on to say, which I think is so sad, like, she went, when I die, my daughter will die with me. And as long as I live, my daughter is buried in my heart. She was eventually escorted outside after wailing, which was, I feel like it was quite brutal the way they described it. They were like, it disturbed the proceedings. But she nearly collapsed after leaving the witness stand, having to talk about her daughter. Like, you could only imagine how horrific this is. It's just so upsetting, like, you know, to say they, they came from Korea to give their children a better life and this is what happens. It's just, it's so upsetting. And it, especially if, she, you know, she's having to give this statement through an interpreter, if she doesn't have a lot of English, that must have just made this even more traumatic, like, y- you know, to not even fully understand what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just, it's so... Having to be ups- fed everything secondhand. Yeah, like, it just, oh, it must have just been awful and... Yeah, and then to say, like, oh, yeah, she broke down crying and was just so disturbing to the proceedings. Like, you know, like, it was an inconvenience. Like, come on, our daughter was murdered. Like, it's just so cold, the way that they've described it like that. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. But that's not where the story ends. You'll have to come back next week to find out what happens next. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you like this style, you know, a two-parter episodes. We can definitely do more like this if you do like it, you know, keep you keep you on your toes, edge of your seat, you know. Um, be sure to follow us on all the socials. Of course, they'll be linked in the description. Give us a wee review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to come back next week to find out what happens. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.